Hey everybody, you're listening to Showing Up with Edward Terrace, and today is probably one of my favorite podcasts where I bring on one of my closest friends, a guy who moved to Hawaii, started out his real estate business from the bottom, and a guy that's really close to my heart, and I went through probably one of the biggest transitions ever where this guy helped me through it, had to pull me out of my bed by my ankles. A warm welcome for Devin Tryon. All right, man. We're going here. Dude, thanks for being on here the we show. Go. Oh, let's do it. Dude, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know, I, uh, I'm i actually super excited because I know you're like one of my best friends in the world, but I'm a super big fan. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, bro. Same. Same. Um, but seriously, like a lot of people, and I know I've told you this before, but a lot of people listen to that listen to the show I talk about you on here a ton because the big thing about the podcast is that uh, anything that I'm personally going through or that I'm working on, I talk about it. And you uh, have helped me a ton get through pretty much everything that I've tried to get through with like business and a lot of things in my life. So naturally, you come up in the conversation that I'm having with myself. Yeah. Dude, so no, thank you. I, it goes both ways. Just know, just know it goes both ways. Oh, well, I appreciate that, dude. So, you know, something is that, you know, something so funny. So for what people might not know is, so Devin and I went to, we went to high school together and uh, he's actually the reason I'm with Megan today. So that's always a funny story that we bring up <laughs> and, and in a weird way. But uh, I'm actually going to bring that up right now. So actually when we were in high school together, Devin and I were sitting at the lunch table together and I was with, I was about to go on this date with this girl named Macy and uh, not my girlfriend or my fiance as of today, obviously, cause it's Megan. You guys all know that, but I wasn't going to go hang out with this girl. And Devin sends a text message to her telling her we're going to hang out after I left the lunch table. Lo and behold, I come back to the table and he's like, Hey, you're going to go hang out with that girl today. And I was like, what? why would you do that? Um, you're, you <laughs> for know, you're, clarification. I sent that from your phone. Yeah. Yeah. He sent that from my phone. So obviously, you know, Macy and I, we we're, you know, we dated for like a month or whatever after that, but then in the future we got connected, uh, Megan and I did through Macy, which was one of her friends. So we go back a little bit. Devin's ultimately the reason why we're together today from those series of events. Yeah. I mean, I can't take all the credit on that. <laughs> I mean, you still had to be like a good enough dude for Megan to want to date and a whole lot of other things. So like there, I just kicked a rock and the rock just so happened to get swept down the stream and ended up at this house miles down the road. True. Yeah. And for what some people don't know, uh, anybody that's new to listening to the show. So Devin, he's a real estate agent in the state of Hawaii. Uh, and before what, well, I guess like you're a very interesting guy in general. And then in, when we were in high school and people are getting ready to get to graduate, there's that question where it's like, Hey, where are you going to go? And Devin was like, you know, I might go to Florida. I don't really know. So it was like always this spontaneous, uh, I don't know, impulse to go somewhere. What, what had you get to the point where you're like, you know, I want to go to this Island. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So there wasn't there wasn't like this long drawn out plan of any kind, by the way. 
There was like, it was simply, that seems nice. So I like somehow, like, I just remember thinking like, man, if I'm going to, if all these people are going like out of state to school, like, and I can go anywhere, I should go somewhere I've never been. I should go somewhere cool, like Florida. I heard Florida was a great place. Um, And I applied to one of the universities there, University of Florida. And my grades were like, it wasn't bad. It was like a 3.0, maybe a 2.8, whatever it was. And like I applied to the university, which is the equivalent of like Michigan State or like U of M. It's like, it's a very prestigious school from what I've been told. And I don't even remember which actual school it was. But anyway, so I apply in like somehow, like I just, I thought I was going to get accepted and I did not. Like I got a letter in the mail that was just like, yeah, you're, you're nowhere near applying to come here. Why would you even apply? It was basically what the letter said. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Okay, that, that destroys that plan. And then uh, I applied to, just randomly, I applied to Kapilani Community College, like a little derpy community college in like on Oahu. It's like really small. And like they accepted me. They were glad to have me. They were like excited that I was going to come. They like called me and congratulated me. And it was like the first time where like, I was like, wow, like that's, that's a pretty big deal. And, um, and I didn't realize it wasn't, but like, I was really excited about it. And so I was just like, well, like Hawaii seems like a good enough place. And I had, oh my gosh, Eddie, the beliefs I had about what Hawaii was is so different. I like, I thought I could like live in this, I was, mind you, I was 18. So I was like, maybe I'll live in like the rainforest is there a rainforest like can i catch my own boar i don't know and i heard that was a thing and um ultimately when i got here and i see like 40 story buildings and like giant airports and like like conglomerate corporations i was like oh okay this is totally different than what i expected but nonetheless i, I really enjoyed the move and i enjoyed the people here so to answer your question though there was no plan it was just like it was a simply like, that seems fun. And, uh, and almost a decade later, here we are. Yeah, which, by the way, somebody from that college is probably listening. You know, actually, we're pretty good. <laughs> I don't know, that guy doesn't know what he's yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were a great school. They were actually a good school. But something we actually talk about very often is, uh, so you make, you make decisions pretty quickly. Pretty fast. Yeah, really fast, actually. Does that... Uh, does that ever scare you? I mean, obviously, like a lot of the changes that you're making now, but does that still scare you? Uh, no, I, you know, what's funny is I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I, uh, like, even with this gym, the high climb, so I'm in the process of opening up an indoor climbing gym here in Honolulu, which, if you don't know, like everything in Hawaii is extremely expensive. Real estate, like the average price of a house is $750,000 right? Like a gallon of milk is like seven bucks, like just as examples. And I like, I signed that lease. I told you about this already, but I signed a lease for this warehouse for 10 years and it was like $103,000 down payment. And which was still a very considerable amount of money for me. And I was just, I was just like, well, here we go. And like, I knew within like minutes that I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. So, so far it is not like hurt me, but, um, that doesn't mean that it won't in the future. I'm sure it will at some point, but, uh, I have this rule actually, um, it's called hesitate or die. 
And anytime there's something where I really like just natural inkling is like, I want to do this or I want to say this, or I want this one of those three things. And as long as it's not like a life altering decision, like upping and moving to a foreign country or, or even then, I guess it didn't really matter, but like something that's just out of this world going to change my life. I will typically make that decision within moments, like less than a minute. And a perfect example of this was when I discovered this, this idea or this rule that I like to live by is just, I was at a paintball game with a bunch of friends. We went to this like paintball ring here and it was like, it was a ton of fun. We were like shooting each other. We were having a blast. It, like they give you all the canisters and things. You rent all the equipment. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. Cool. And we like, we were lining up in the lead. The instructor was telling us, okay, we're going to play this new game. It's called, it's called Black Hawk Down. And what it is, is you put five or eight of the paintballers in this little freight container with little windows around it. And then there's 80, there was like a hundred people there that day. Then 80 people have to try and get in. But the rules are, if you're on the inside, the only way to get down or dead is to get shot in the helmet. But if you're on the outside, if you get shot anywhere, you're out. So it was basically like eight on 80 people. And it was just this crazy storm. And immediately he was just like, who wants to do this? And like, I knew that question was coming and like, I knew I wanted to do it, but I was also kind of like, I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know if it was my place to speak up, but immediately I was just like, me, I do, I, I'm in. And uh, he was just like, all right, there's our first one. And like that, and I had a blast doing it. I'm so glad I did because like, it was such a cool experience getting shot by 80 different people at once in paintball. Like so much fun, <laughs> like slightly painful, but a ton of fun. Cause you get shot. Like since it's only in your actual glasses that you can get out by, like I probably got shot like 70 or 80 times that day. Like it hurt for sure, but it was like, it was a blast. And like, that's just a perfect example of that rule of like, had I waited like even seconds, I think, cause after I said it, then a bunch of other people started speaking up. But of course you can only have five or eight people in that container at once. So just, that rule, that impulse decision has definitely led to a lot more success than failure in my life for sure. Dang, man. That's a, that's a really good way to live. And it's funny where like, if that way of living caused a lot more failures than success, that might not be the way that we go, (laughs) but it's like, this has worked out so far. So this is what we're going to continue to do. Yeah, no. And I think I'll live that way for the rest of my life. Like, obviously, when other people's, like, livelihoods or other people's positions are at stake, like, for instance, my employees or just people in, that work for me or work with me on the team, um, I, of course, put a lot more thought and I'm a little bit more thorough on that. But when it involves me, and if it's something just fun, has very little impact outside of today or this week, then I make decisions pretty fast. So... Going back to when you first moved to Hawaii, yeah. not a whole lot planned out, I'm assuming. I mean, at one yeah. point in time, I love this story, by the way. I, I think about it all the time. But when you first moved to Hawaii, you're 18 years old. Um, obviously, you're in school. You, you got nothing. And you're at one point in time, you're at, um, I don't know if it was like a room share thing, but you're like, yeah, dude, I just got here. They don't have a bed for me yet, but uh, I do got this Powerade bottle I can put my head on. Um, so that's pretty cool. And um, like a lot of people, 
they don't make that decision. I, I always say to myself that like when people are looking to make decisions in their life, it's not because they can't, they're not making the choice or the decision because they don't think they can. It's because of the ramifications that they know they're going to have to deal with to get through that next scenario. And um, whenever I think about you, especially like when you made that move to Hawaii and the things that you've done while you've been there, um, you speak volumes of something like that. Cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I'll provide I'll provide some context onto that story. So when I moved out here, I had literally I remember I was able to save up four hundred dollars. And before I left, I actually remember thinking I had to like pay this fine of like a hundred bucks. You that McDonald's cup story. We won't go down that rabbit hole. But um, <laughs> you know, everybody listening, this is like, see that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, like before I go, I was like, man, I've got four hundred bucks, and I've got to pay this hundred dollar fine that's, I, I can't do that. That's like, that's a quarter of all my money. That's going to put me like in a pretty tough spot. So like, I just remember thinking like how bone dry on resources I was when I got here. And like, I got on the bus and I like, I was going to take a cab, but the cab driver was going to be 50 bucks to get to the address I had to get to. And I was like, no way, dude. That's like, that's out of this question. Right. Which is so funny because considering the different perspective of where I am financially right now. And so I get on this bus and like, I asked the bus driver, who's like this old Japanese guy. I was like, Hey, I got to go here show him an address. And he's like, eh. and I was like, yeah, that's, that's not really convincing, but I guess I'll get on anyway. So I like get on and I'm like tracking my GPS to see if it's taking me closer to the pin that I need to get to. And like, sure enough, I was getting like closer and eventually I got within like two miles of where I had to be. And I was like, ah, I don't know where the bus is going to go next. It could just like start bringing me further or closer. And I was like, all right, I'll just hop off here. So I like hopped off with my suitcase and I like wheeled it a couple miles. Um, and it was like a beautiful day as it always is that we joke about. <laughs> and I like show up to this house and like these people are like super gracious. They're like, yeah, by the way, uh, you're welcome to stay here as long as you need for the next two weeks, blah, blah, blah. And I gave them like $200 of my $400 to stay there. And like the next day they're like moving out. And I was like, oh, where are you guys going? They're like, oh, actually we're moving. And like the couch that I was supposed to sleep on, like got brought with them. Right. No. And so I was like, Oh, I guess I'll just sleep on the floor. And they're like, yeah, that sounds good. And I was like, Oh, all right. <laughs> so I like lay down my towel on the tile floor and it was like not carpet. Right. So I like lay down my towel and I like wrap my Powerade bottle and like in a bunch of my shirts as like a pillow. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, but like the thing is like, I wasn't, I wasn't upset about it. Like it was just, it was just like, part of a challenge I had to work through and eventually like within a couple of days I found a job and then like I found a better place to live after I saved up some money and like borrowed some money from my grandparents and then paid them back and like it just it worked out yeah dude that's... it always works out like that's the thing is like it always works out if you give it enough time 100% so after that point in time you're going to school and how long were you in school before you started doing real estate full-time while you were there? Cause you were in school in Michigan. So I did a year, I did a year in Michigan and then I did a year and a half in Hawaii. I think, I don't even remember. Uh, I wasn't doing very well at it. Like I just didn't enjoy it. And I was kind of like getting bad grades. And I started working for Walter, who was my old real estate broker at the time. My very first one is like an administrative assistant, nothing too fancy. And then I think I got my license within like 
six months of being on island. I was licensed in April of 2014. So, which is crazy because that was really not that long ago, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So like seven full years almost in the business. And like, that's, that's cool. Like, I'm really grateful that I did drop out of school. And I remember thinking about it within like, and that was another one of those things. I was like, all right, I'm going to get my license. And then like, I was like getting ready to go back to school over the winter break. And I was like, you know what? Like, no, I should just do real estate. I could be way better at this. And, um, I just remember thinking like, like that I had just a lot more opportunity in this and it just seemed like such a smarter move. And fortunately it was like, it worked out for really, really well. Now it could not have, but it definitely did. Yeah. We, we, I remember that conversation actually, when we talked about it, cause you're, oh. you were contemplating, uh, whether you were going to keep going to school or you're going to keep doing that. What do you think at that point in time? Because a lot of people have that idea where even if it's not school or they're trying to make a change in their life, maybe it be career-wise or something like that, what was the, the biggest concern to where obviously you make decisions very quickly, but what was the biggest concern that you had before making that decision? And then I guess, how did you move past it? Um, I don't actually remember as much. Maybe you know better, but... All I remember thinking was, if it doesn't work, school's always going to be there. And the real estate market is doing really well right now. And I would like to take advantage of that if I can. And I just remember thinking like, the mindset of just like, like, there was no rush to finish school, especially for a career that I wasn't even too excited about. And like, now that's like, i haven't even I wouldn't even consider going back to school now because like I have this theory that people go to school to work for other people like yeah some people go to school for like the businesses and they start up their own things to learn those skills like it's definitely necessary for some things but for the most part I found that like like even like I could start a real estate brokerage without a real estate license even like I just wouldn't be allowed to be the broker yeah you, it'd be no problem it would be tough but like I don't know. I just find like I could start any type of business out there and you don't even have to have a degree. Like I could open up my own engineering company. No problem. I just need to have engineers that work for me. So, and I've always wanted to have my own business. I never enjoyed the ruling authority of like, you have to do this or you have to clock in. That just didn't really fit me. And I don't think it should fit a lot of people. So it, I think it made sense at the time and it still does. You know, it's, it's funny that you bring that up. One, I've, I've worked for a real estate company where that person didn't even have their real estate license and they owned it. So that's yeah. true. That's 100% yeah. true, man. <laughs> um, and then the, the fact of school always be there. And you can replace, you can switch out school for accounting job. You can switch out that for, literally for yeah. anything and it will always be there. Because a lot of times, um, one, we went to school for a really long time. Everybody does. And, uh, so going back to school, even though if it's not like super passionate, it's, it's gonna be easy to go back to cause you're not, you're used to it. And this mm -hmm. is something that actually resonated with me super well was, and I'm very like every conversation that I've had with you about the changes that I've been making in my life from the $10,000 personal loan that I took out to make the leap. Like everybody who listens to the show, they, they know exactly what I'm, I talk about that very in depth. Yeah. And, um, I think you said that to me, actually. You said, um, 
I think you said rentals would always be there. Yeah. I think you said that to me. And, uh, you know, I thought about that. So I, I don't know if I've said this to anybody specific, but maybe it was on a prior episode. So Devin calls me out of the blue. And whenever Devin calls me, like, uh, there's two different type of, type of Devin calls. So uh, Devin and I are both realtors. And Devin will be driving from, like, the north side because he's got to drop off something or whatever. So he'll have like 20 minutes to call and he'll call me. We'll chat. We'll just like hang out. And that's like a lot of the social time that him and I have is just like talking on the phone. I'm sure there's other people that you call. I have that. And that's really the personal time that you have because you're so damn busy. And, um, beside everything else that you do in your life. But, and then there's the Devin call where Devin's like, Hey buddy, what's going on? And it's like, (laughs) Oh man, he's going to tell me something. And I'm going to make a decision and it's going to change my entire life. <laughs> what do you want from me right now, Devin? <laughs> so Devin calls me and he says, Hey man. So Devin is a part of the Tom Ferry organization, uh, the, probably the world's largest coaching organization. And uh, there's other people in other markets, such as the team that I have right now, the Joe Kokosh group here in Chicago, very similar business model to him. Thinks he, thinks it sounds like something that would work very well for me. And he says, Hey, Ed, this is, I'm not saying do it, but I'm saying consider it strongly consider it. And you know, anytime you're looking to do something in your life or make a change is it's important to know who you're taking advice from. Devin has already taken the path of something that I'm pursuing and he's doing well at it. That's a viable person to listen to. And it's important to find that person in your own life too. And I think within I mean, a day I probably, um, I reached out to him. I did the interview. Uh, he told me, you know, we could work together and I didn't yet as of yet took the, the personal loan out, um, because I was getting paid pretty consistently in rentals. That's a very fast thing to get paid on. And then once I got it, then I had to get the personal loan to make the change. Uh, I think how long ago did we have that conversation? It wasn't that long ago. It was like two months ago. Yeah, maybe two or three months ago. And I think last year I did however many rentals I normally do in a year. And then I had like two sales on the side. Um, And fortunately enough, um, I'm going to do two sales just in this month, the entire time I did last year, simply because of like having that concept, like you said, in regards to school will always be there. And for me, rentals would always be there. So like if someone's thinking about making a change or making a leap, it's uh, like that's something to think about for yourself too because it was definitely scary for myself. I'm sure it was scary for you at the time. Um, but I'm, and I'm very happy that I, you know, I listened to you at that point in time, just like you were, you're pretty happy that you made that decision for yourself. Yeah, dude, no, thank you for that. Um, I'm, I'm super happy to see that it went well for you too. Me too, like, dude. I'm so happy it's working out. <laughs> it was like, I was actually a little nervous to like tell you it. Cause like, I was like, man, if I tell this to Eddie, there's a good chance he's going to take it. And uh, I hope it works. Cause like, you know, you don't want to be responsible for fucking up someone's life. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny. Cause I'll be hanging out with Megan and uh, you're absolutely right. You, you tell me you recommend almost about anything to me and I'm like yeah that sounds like a good idea 
And uh, <laughs> like, of course, like I'm sure at first I was freaking out about certain things because there is this big change. But, you know, once that transition is over, it's not that bad. Now, yeah. talking about a transition, like you do make that leap and you start working in real estate full time. You had to learn everything. I mean, you were, when you're talking about uh, Kamehameha Highway and referencing it to Kamehameha, like you really had to learn everything from the ground up, my man. Uh, uh, dude, I know. And you're like, there's, you, you do something from the beginning where like when somebody goes from not selling their first home to selling their first home, especially in, in a market like yours, what was like the biggest thing that helped you from getting started in your business? That's, that's a tough question. So that, that question is like asking this. Uh, I'm not ragging on you here. Hey, that's all right, man. So I'm going to use an analogy of like, you ever, you ever pumped water from a well, like a water well, and you have to like pump and pump and pump. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the yeah. time. And cool. <laughs> so whenever, when you're doing, when you're pumping water to get water out, you know how it takes maybe a few minutes before the water even starts flowing and you have to like pump it pretty hard. And then once it's coming, you, you can kind of like, you don't have to do it as much because there's that flow. There's that pressure pulling it right? But that moment from those three minutes it takes, let's call it, to actually get the water from the bottom of the well to the top. If you stop at any point in time between trying to get that water up, what's going to end up happening is it's going to fall back down, even if you go too slow, right? That's just how wells work. If I was to ask somebody like, hey, what one pump out of all of those things, pumps you made in that first three minutes, which one was the most important? What would you say? All of them? They were all important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, not, it's hard to say one thing because it was a combination of everything. It was a combination of time. It just, no matter what, it takes a certain amount of time to become profitable in this business. It was a combination of putting in the work, whether it was door knocking, making phone calls, sitting open houses, just doing activities that allowed me to get in front of more people every single day. It was a combination of learning the market. That's what helped me like convert clients and have them realize that I understand this very well. Excuse me. So between all of those things, it's really hard to say what one thing had the greatest impact. However, to at least just satisfy your question. Sure, yeah. Um, it was being, I would say the number one thing was being coachable, being open and receptive to new ideas and implementing those ideas. So when the coach, whether it's a coach or a mentor, says, Devin, you, you're not doing this. You need to do this every single day. And you just say, you don't argue. You just say, okay, got it. That's what I'm going to do. So when that person who has done this for 20 some years tells you what to do, it's having the mindset that allows you to sometimes swallow your pride and say, okay, you know what, Eddie, Vonda, Jeff, they know more than I do. I'm just going to take their advice. And I'm going to do it. So I wouldn't say one thing, but one characteristic that really allows you to grow, I think in any business is having that, that growth mindset and being coachable. How many coaches do you have right now? Uh, I have two. Yeah. I have two real estate coaches. And do you, like looking back, do you, for anybody that would be starting from the beginning, like, is that a, like a very huge thing? 
Yeah. It doesn't have to be a coach. It, it can be just a mentor. It can be a team leader. It could just be a friend, but you need somebody who's done this before. And I've had a ton of people that have helped me with this over the years. I've probably had eight or nine different people like helping me. Um, some of them paid, some not. And without, it just, it just accelerates your learning curve tremendously. Like a platform, like we spoke about. Exactly. Yeah. You just, you stand on their shoulders and you, it allows you to grow. Like imagine if you had to, every person who had to learn math had to reinvent math first. Like you're not going to get very far. So I have a really awesome analogy. Any of my anime nerds, you're about to be so pumped right now. <laughs> so actually I made a reference to the same show um, on one of my last episodes. I think it was episode concepts over fixations but i was at muay thai yesterday and i was talking about martial arts and the in the mixing of it and how you know if you're going to become let's say an overwhelming good mixed martial artist at some point in time you're gonna have to go to the source of that art or the source of that power or the source of that bending you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about. So it, there's this awesome show. I just got done rewatching it. But Avatar The Last Airbender, you guys know, is a super awesome <laughs> show. There's airbending, earthbending, waterbending, and uh, fire, right? The four elements. And they need to learn how to firebend Avatar and this guy named Zuko. And they go back to the source of it, which is the dragons, to learn how to firebend correctly. And whether it be like business or martial arts and like, you need to find this, like go to the source. Don't try to reinvent yeah. the wheel. Go find your dragon, bro. Yeah. That's super exactly. important. Um, so I think anybody should go watch that show. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, dude. I just finished it not too long ago. So that one in Legend of Korra. Oh, yeah. Well, we're we're rewatching Korra right now. Love it. Yeah, no, it's one of my favorites. Did you think I was going to whip out an Avatar reference here? No, I, I didn't expect it, but I'm glad you did. Heck yeah, dude. It's so good. <laughs> so you talk about coaches and now somebody that leads a team yourself, you have, mm -hmm. you went from being a solo agent, have probably had an assistant, uh, transaction coordinator, um, really refined your own process. And then you brought on a team of people. How many people are probably on your team right now? Dude, it's grown. It's <laughs> become a squadron. It's squad. big. It feels big. <laughs> it feels big. So on my side, like the Devin side, well, just real estate or in total? Um, give me both. Enlighten me, okay. dude. Okay. So you've got the Devin side, which is like everything it takes to run my life, which has become also a squad. So there's Devin. <laughs> There's Devin's right hand, which is Tyler, uh, personal assistant, operations manager. Um, she's in charge of like Janice, my housekeeper. I have a, uh, I have a chef. That's what's up, dude. <laughs> she comes and preps all my meals twice a week and like, like macros them out. So like, I know exactly how many calories are in every single thing I eat. Like besides her, I drink sparkling water, which is zero calorie, which we have a funny thing to talk about in a little bit about that. Right. Um, 
and I also have, as you know, I've got back pain. So I've got a personal uh, physical therapist that comes to my house uh, once a week and like trains and makes me do proper exercises just to keep my back in healthy position. So like five people just to like run my life. Um, then on the real estate side, I've got uh, one, two, three, I've got five other agents that are on the team, um, a transaction coordinator, um, and an, a virtual assistant. So between everybody, that's 12 people. Now, I first started it where we were talking about business, but you bring up yeah. people that help you with your personal life. Why, why oh, yeah, is that absolutely. so important? Oh my God. So first of all, my house is always clean. That's great. That like, that makes me happy. That made my previous significant other happy. Like it just makes life easier. But it's like when you get to a certain level in business, you realize that your time is typically better spent doing other activities. For instance, the reason people have an assistant is because they're, that assistant's probably one, maybe better at, for example, let's say graphic design. She's making the flyers. A lot of things that they do can be very much are like 10 to $15, $20 an hour activity. Whereas if you look at your own income, you're going to want to say, okay, what is my time worth? If I work 60 hours a week for 45 weeks out of a year, if I'm earning X number of dollars per hour, what am I worth? Then you're going to say, okay, well, everything below that pay grade, um, within reason, you need to outsource. And what that's going to allow you to do is spend more time on those, what we talk about KPIs, key productivity indicators. For instance, like in real estate, the more people I talk to, the more appointments I go on, the more houses I show, the more business we will generate. And if because of that, I can show one or two more homes per week because I have a housekeeper, you're going you're gonna to see massive growth in your business. And then that's just one more thing you don't even have to think about. I'm a very big proponent of just getting things entirely off your plate. Like even just the minds, even if it's quick, just like somebody texts me a problem or a question, like I don't even want to be involved because I don't want my brain to work on those problems. I want my brain focused on like the big items, the things that are the most productive. How much, when you talk about productive time and you say yes. you want to save the energy for that, realistically, how many, mm -hmm. how many hours a day, when you talk about those yeah. KPIs, do you need to be focused on? Not that many. Well, in real estate, I mean, like my day consists of like a solid two and a half, three hours in the morning of like focused, consistent time. Um, I'll have a lunch and then I'll like kind of dibble dabble on transactions or projects or the gym stuff. And then I'll typically have appointments in the afternoon. And I mean, really like, you know, common work week, maybe 15, 20 hours of like really dedicated time. And that's focused on either like, you know, lead generation, lead follow-up appointments or potentially recruiting or training for now my new team members. Cause it's really important that they get to a certain skill level. So when you think about that, like someone would hear, Oh, only two and a half hours. Obviously you've been doing it for seven years. Right. Right. So it compounded for a long time and you were very consistent. That's a, that's a lot different than just two and a half hours. Um, yeah. But when you, well, I want to, I want to add one thing is yeah, like, please. I, I'm, I'm consistent, but I'm not perfect. Like on average, I probably hit like, so in real estate, you'll have like your lead generation time, which is that appointment setting time where you reach out to new prospects and you make sure they have all their questions answered and you provide value and you 
ask them what they think about properties. And just in general, what you're trying to do is you're trying to secure new clients. So I've been very consistent at it, but I'm not perfect. Like if I had to take the average of the last five years, I've probably only hit like three out of five days a week. But the thing is, it was like consistently three out of five. It was, and there were days, weeks where it was five or six and weeks where it was like one or two. Um, but I've been consistently pretty good at it, just not perfect. And that's really, I think, all it takes. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely something when there's, there's this thing that I, I always revert back to, which is a life by design. And for myself, I want to spend as much time as I can, you know, like training in martial arts, being with my girl. And uh, like, I'm, I'm trying to get to that point where I can delegate a couple specific tasks and where I really spend a couple hours in the morning. And then after that, you know, the work's been done, the investment's been made. And of course there's, you know, the weekends and everything else that goes into it. But it really shows like when I talk to you and I learn about your life uh, and I have like the privilege just to like have a conversation with you in general, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, when I'm having a hard time, and I think that's why it's so important to, to have someone in your life too, that's going through something similar because like you've, you've absolutely been discouraged in the past. I get discouraged. And when I like hear about your life and just hearing this, your story, it's, it's just a constant reminder of like not needing to be perfect and that like, it doesn't have to be super intense. You just have to be consistent and it's not going to go right all the time and things will still work out. Yeah. Yeah. I have a coach that says intensity times consistency equals success or effectiveness. And the more intense you are and the more consistent you're at it, the better you'll produce. And it could just be that you're really consistent and your intensity is kind of low. You're still going to have great success over somebody who's really intense, but rarely does it. So Devin Tryon, what do you, when you look at your life next five years, next couple of years, like what do you want out of it? What do you, what, what makes oh. Devin the happiest to do in the world? Ah, oh, good question, Eddie. So, you know, what's funny is I was on the phone with my coach on last week. Friday about this and we were going over our goals and something I was thinking about was just every career and I've talked to you about this like every career is a vehicle to wealth of some kind like and when I say wealth I just mean in a general meaning whether because taxi driving is a vehicle to the wealth and so is tech startups and so is real estate and electricians and all of this stuff it's just different levels of wealth and so I was going over my goals with my coach and I, I couldn't quite put a finger on where I wanted to be in five years. And part of it was just because I, I feel like I've reached the, that 95 percentile of real estate. And I didn't know if I wanted to continue pushing for that remaining 5%, continue growing it, or if, it's, or if I even wanted to pursue another path. I mean, I have the gym. Um, I can't answer the five-year question. I can tell you what I want in a year because like, Right now, I'm really focused on this next year, which is in the next year, um, primary focus is I want to get high climb open and profitable. Like my indoor climbing gym, got a 17,500 square foot warehouse. My lease rent, just the release alone is $27,000 per month. I'm trying to get that thing profitable. That's like, that is number one. Then, and, or and, um, I also want to have a successful real estate year. I want myself and the team to sell 100 transactions. This year we'll end at about 60 units, 65 units. Um, I want us to break that 100 mark, and I want to then start to slowly pull back from selling 
and focus more on recruiting and probably growth. But beyond that, I couldn't even answer what I want the year after that looked like just because I'm so dedicated and focused on high climb right now. Close 100. You wrote that for a long time. I've been writing that thing for like five years. Yeah, this cool. next year is going to be the first year we do it, which is exciting. So high climb, that's going to be, yeah. uh, where do people find that? Like where do we, cause you're, you're documenting the build outs and everything. Um, we right? share it. It's not too, it's yeah, a little bit. We share it. It's not too in depth. We're kind of busy with it right now. So that's just not a priority. Um, but hawaiiclimb.com, if you go there, you'll find it no problem or Hawaii climbing gym. It'll be up. It should be on Google or SEOs getting up there. And to find me, just Devin Tryan, D-V-I-N-T-R-Y-A-N. Uh, Instagram is probably one of the easier ways to get a hold of me. Yeah, then yeah. I see. If you hit me up on Facebook, I get a lot of messages that go to spam on Facebook. Okay. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm an active follower. I'll absolutely be checking you out, my brother. And uh, so in a year's time, that's, that's about as far forward as you're looking right now, obviously, because you can't play out the next five. So in a year, when you get there, we'd love to have you back on. Cool. That sounds fun. Anything else for us? Uh, no, no. Just keep watching Eddie's show. Super stoked to see you grow it. Um, I'm, just by being on this, I'm very impressed with your interview styles. Uh, it's like fun, and, but you're a great listener, and you add on to a lot of things, and you've got great anecdotes. So, no, super stoked to see where the, the channel goes in the next year. Awesome, man. Well, thank you again, and uh, we'll see you in a year. Bye.